Hey everybody, the podcast you're about to listen to was a live video stream that we did on our Fantasy Baseball Today Facebook page last night. We ran into a few issues with our audio, so if this episode sounds a little different to you, that's why. Thanks for listening, enjoy the show, and make sure to join us for our next live stream. Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy Now here's Frank, Scott, Chris, and Adam. There he is. That's Chris Towers, Scott White, Frank Sample here. We are live on the Fantasy Baseball Today Facebook group. A little bit of technical difficulties, you know? Of course. Chris is still kind of figuring it out. We're all kind of figuring it out, but uh, Chris is actually the man behind the madness right now. So uh, we're happy to be here. We're happy that you are here with us as well. We'll be answering some of your questions throughout the course of the show. Uh, Scott, long time no see. We did a podcast earlier today. Has anything changed since earlier? In my life, no. Nothing's (laughs) changed, including my attire here. I was wearing this fine... Uh, uh, baseball card reference shirt earlier, rated rookie. Of course, that was a staple of the Donra series. And I'm still wearing it now. I'm, I'm no rookie, though. I'm no rookie. <laughs> but if I was, I'd be rated. Highly, highly rated. Highly rated. That's Scott White. I'm also wearing a Brewer shirt here. Uh, I'm going to kind of leave it a mystery as to who the name on the back is. Uh, I also te- texted Chris earlier before we started to wear the most random player shirt or jersey that you can. And to no surprise, I have no idea what you're wearing, Chris. So this is uh, my, my love of Abbott's Field Flannels is well known. Abbott's.com. They're not paying me. I just, I'll do it for free, Abbott's. Just sponsor the podcast. Uh, this is uh, Cienfuegos Elefantes. Uh I am the the whitest Hispanic person in the world, and so that's how I pronounce those words. But, uh, yeah, it's a uh, Cuban baseball team uh, that Martin Digo played for way back in the day, widely considered one of, if not the greatest, Cuban-born baseball players of all time. So, uh, But to go even more random, I'm not going to unbutton it, but the shirt I'm wearing underneath this is a... Miami Heat Chris Quinn jersey. I don't know if you guys remember Chris <laughs> Quinn. I believe he's. I don't know assistant. much about Chris Quinn. I believe he's an assistant coach for the Miami Heat. He was a uh, Notre Dame point guard, I think. Uh, and I, I just, uh, you know, fan favorite Chris Quinn. So I bought his jersey back in college, and that's what I'm wearing underneath this. So I, I doubled up on on random, uh, and. Comment right there. Chris Towers reminds me of someone who has guitars but can't play them. I can play my guitars very, very poorly, but I can play them. Yeah. The eye of the beholder. That's what we'll go with there, Chris. Uh, But if we are referencing what we're wearing, that's because we're live streaming. If you are listening to this podcast on demand, we thank you for listening as well. Uh, Today, we are going to, tonight, today, uh, we're going to play a game. We're going to play Guess Who's that baseball player? I wanted this to be kind of, Chris, I know you're a gamer. Uh, Scott kind of deduced that you've played video games, uh, especially yeah. some early ones back in the day. Yeah. Uh, I am a huge Pokemon fan. So oh. they used to oh, play, they used fan. to do, who's that Pokemon? So my idea mm. was, who's that baseball player? I have a soundbite ready to go. The problem is, 
my, my board is not connected right now, so we can't <laughs> use the sound bite. But we will still play the game, uh, and then we're going to get into some prospects a little bit later on. Uh, what I really wanted to do with this was, first of all, interact with you, the viewers. So we will definitely get to some of your questions a little bit later on. But I wanted to talk about players that we haven't talked about enough on the podcast. Maybe you guys talked about them before I joined, but if not, we're going to get into them right now. So we're going to play the game. We're going to start off with uh, with that. Who's that baseball player? Are you guys ready? Oh, absolutely. I, I am going to crush this. I want to win. So I'm going to give going. you guys random player facts, statistical facts, uh, and basically each fact after, you know, each succeeding fact is going to bring you closer to hopefully guessing who the player is. So player number one, who's that baseball player? I was originally a fourth round draft pick by the Chicago Cubs. Just feel free to blurt out answers whenever you okay. might, right, might think know you know who it is. In or, okay. if, if you bl- blurt out an answer too early and you get it wrong, the other person just gets to wait as long as they want, right? That's the rule. I was just hoping that it's madness and you guys just keep blurting out answers nonstop. All right, yes. Madness. There's got to be some structure to this. <laughs> madness. What do you want to do, Chris? You want to go three three Whatever. guesses each? Look, you're the, you're the host. <laughs> All right. First clue here. I was originally a fourth-round draft pick by the Chicago Cubs. I have played for nine different teams in my career. Oh, good grief. Oh, wow. From 2008 through 2015... I pitched a total of 182 innings in the big leagues. Oliver Perez? It is not Oliver Perez. Since the start of 2016, I have a 3.00 ERA, a 1.08 whip, and I am averaging 10.6 Ks per nine. Rich Hill. It is Rich Hill. Look at Chris. See, but that's the thing is I shouldn't have gotten that one because (laughs) I had already blurted out a bad answer. Uh, and I didn't, Scott didn't even get a chance. Well, the, the point of the game is to blurt out as many answers as quickly as possible. So I would just say you were playing the game better than me. It's, it's like when you're playing taboo and you're the guesser, right? You don't just wait for your one guess. You just keep going, just keep going. You know, he was a doctor and then you say, I don't know, Egon Vank or Egon Spangler or something. And I've never played taboo. You've never played taboo. I also don't know who Egon Spangler. Spangler. Egon Spangler from <laughs> Ghostbusters. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I haven't seen Ghostbusters. Egon. Scott, this is something we talked about before the podcast earlier today where there's just a bunch of things in my mind that I know of, but I just don't remember them. Like, I haven't watched a Ghostbusters since I was a kid. Like, obviously, I know of it, but no yeah. idea who that name was. The, well, uh, the movie. Yeah, obviously. Uh, Taboo. Shame on you, Chris, for not playing uh, Taboo. But Rich Hill is the correct answer. So, Chris, you're up 1-0 here against Scott. I just want you guys to blurt out as many answers. The other clues that I had was my ADP is currently 429, and I am the only pitcher in MLB history to have had a perfect game broken up by a ninth inning fielding error, and the only pitcher in MLB history to have a no-hitter broken up in extra innings by a walk-off home run. Yeah. That's Rich Hill. Okay. Oh, okay. But I don't think clues would have helped me anymore. This is <laughs> some pretty obscure information, and uh, I'd be impressed if anyone at home is guessing them all. Well, Rich Hill, guys, give me your analysis because it seems like uh, ADP 429, he was expected to return in June. 
Seems like the delay. This is he's, one of the main be beneficiaries here. Seems like Rich Hill <laughs> is going to be there for opening day. The ranks, uh, the numbers that I mentioned, the ERA, the WHIP, and the K per nine, they rank sixth, tied for seventh, and ninth since 2016. Rich Hill. Rich Hill. Rich Hill's an ace when he's on the mound. I, I don't really right. think there's any question of it. He doesn't. There are times when he doesn't quite give you the ace workload every time out. Uh, although I don't think that was an issue for him last year, if I'm remembering correctly. I think he pitched pretty deep in the games pretty regularly. But um, part of the problem with doing a, a podcast recording while people can comment on it is sometimes you read the comments and get distracted. Uh, thank you, Sean Nugent. Not sure I can say that on the podcast. Um, it's an alternate name for Rich Hill. He's really, really good. He's definitely an ace. I think he's very unlikely to make it through any given season without getting hurt, let alone the season in which he's coming back from like a, a new, weird, kind of untested version of Tommy John's surgery that uh, allows him to come back earlier. So, I mean, you're not investing anything. It doesn't matter. Uh, right. He's so cheap. You know, don't even wait until the last round. If you can get him in the third to last round of your drafts coming up, he's he's going to be a steal. Unless he's just his elbow right. just doesn't hold up and he right, gets shut even, down right away. But it's but it's low risk. Yeah. Scott, top forty starting pitcher in Roto and head to head points. I mean, just the ADP is free. I just I don't know that enough people uh, realize how good Rich Hill is when he's on the mound. I've never been a Rich Hill guy because I would always wait until he would get hurt. Somebody would drop him, and then I would pick him up and reap the rewards once he would return. Uh, but I mean, at four twenty nine, it's just it's free. So yeah, I don't have him ranked especially high. Of course, I've moved him up a lot now that it doesn't seem like you know, provided the recovery goes well, it doesn't seem like he's going to miss any time at all. But it could it it could be. The payoff could be huge if everything breaks right, because unlike we were talking about earlier today or yesterday, if you're listening to the podcast version of this, we were talking about how uh, Jesus Lazardo, even though the season's shortened, I don't know that it necessarily means he's going to pitch deeper into games, but Rich Hill, who's already shown the ability to throw six innings plus with consistency and is 40 years old, like I feel like the Twins would just ride him as hard as he's capable of being ridden. And uh, maybe end up pitching like a true ace. What an incredible story Rich Hill's been. It's it's Out of one of the for, weirdest for stories. For a long time. Uh, it, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. That's the right word to describe Rich Hill. Uh, baseball player. Who's that baseball player? Number two. Are you guys ready? Scott? Yeah. Yes, I want you to ready. just blurt out as I'm many answers as possible. Now these these are really obscure clues, but you know we're supposed to we're supposed to be professionals here. So I mean, I, I got it. I know you did. I know. All right, number I two. Nothing. I went undrafted in the 2008 MLB draft. <laughs> Any guesses yet? No. Okay. A long time ago. I made my debut on September 15th, 2013. In 573 and two thirds major league innings. I have a 3.81 ERA and a 1.19 WHIP. I only made five starts last season, but in those starts, I had a 1.57 ERA and a oh, 0.87 WHIP. Oh, 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 oh! Ah, oh, why can't I what, think of him? What's his name? He's a left-handed <laughs> Shamanaya. Wrong. Oh, come on! 
<laughs> Based on my last name, you might think I'm a competitor to Nike or Reebok. Competitor to Nike or Sean Adidas. Oh, Matt Shoemaker. Boom. Yes. That's a good one. <laughs> Matt Shoemaker tore his ACL in a rundown last season. I read you the numbers last year. He was great. It was only five yeah. stars, extremely small sample size. Uh, the 446 XFIP, not pretty. 51% ground ball rate, 13% swinging strike rate. That's pretty good. ADP 317, SP97, Scott. You are the victor. Anything to add on Matt Shoemaker? I think he's a bit of a deep sleeper. Uh, I have been excited to draft him late. Not as excited as I would be to get Rich Hill because I do think there are bigger questions there, but it's still, it's still mostly theoretical what Matt Shoemaker could possibly be to fantasy owners. A couple years ago, he started throwing his splitter close to 50% of the time, and it's a great pitch. It didn't really lead to a big uptick in strikeouts, and he didn't strike out many batters in those five stars last year, as good as they were. But it seems like it should, and he's a fantastic control pitcher. With the splitter, he gets some ground balls. It, you know, it, it seems like there's the potential here for him to succeed in all three of those FIP measurements, which could be a great outcome overall. But He'll need to stay healthy, and he'll he'll need to deliver right away because he's at an age now where uh, he, he's not going to get many second chances if he's just, you know, he's mediocre. I don't know if Marty Tallman in the chat here is telling the truth or not, but he said, I went to grade school with Matt Shoemaker, and I caught his ball during dodgeball and got him out. Just saying. Yeah, so not, not quite the hurler now. <laughs> that he was then, or he's better now, is what I'm saying, yeah. A little bit better now. Chris, any bit. love for Matt Shoemaker? His ADP is 317. He's going right in that same range as Alex Wood and Nate Avaldi, and I love all three of those guys. They're like Frank faves. Yeah, I'm a fan of all of those guys as well. Um, I think I probably like Alex Wood the most of those three, followed by Nate Avaldi, followed by Matt Shoemaker, but... All three of them are, I think, very good late round sleepers that you can uh, that you can look at. And you know, I don't think there's going to be necessarily much like star potential among the three. Um, but Nathan Evaldi was very good in 2018 before you know the the Red Sox kind of ran him into the ground in the postseason. I think that probably explains the the issues that he had staying healthy in 2019. Yeah, all three of those guys in Rich Hill, I mean, they're basically a huge, uh, you know, group of, they're great when they're on the mound. Well, not, Ovaldi hasn't been great all the time, but he's shown flashes. So uh, definitely interested in some of those guys. Yeah, new curveball for Ovaldi. Yeah, that's, okay, really. that's what the pitch he was working on? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, was a, there was a jump in strikeouts at the end of last season and, and a bigger jump in the abbreviated spring training. So we'll, we'll see where that goes. Obviously, not a lot of data there yet, but it, it seems like there's real enthusiasm. And, and his problem has always been like, oh, as hard as he throws his fastball, he doesn't get whiffs because there's not a good enough off-speed pitch and to go with And that fastball is just yeah. straight as an arrow. Straight yeah. as an arrow. That's exactly what I was thinking. I remember uh, watching him when he was with the Yankees. Guy throws like 100 miles per hour, but there's just no movement. It's, you know, straight as an arrow. As Chris mentioned, who's that player number three? Are you guys ready? You're tied up. Scott won. Chris won. Are you yeah. ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. 
Clue number one, I signed with the Oakland A's as an international free agent at 16 years old back in 2010. Oh, young guy. I had two minor league seasons with 29-plus home runs. Oh, 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 I think I know who this is. It's it's uh, Renato Nunez. He's good. Scott's good. It what? is Renato Nunez. All he needed was two clues. Chris, that's, you're getting pummeled right now. That's ridiculous. Yeah. The other you clues. gave him the answers before the show. We all know it. You guys <laughs> conspired against me about Mark Pryor. You're conspiring against me here. Uh, I just know. I just know my knows. athletics pro- prospects. That's all. His ace prospects. Uh, the other clues I had for Renato Nunez of my 40 career MLB home runs, 31 of them came in 2019. I was a better Roto player than Reese Hoskins and Eric Hosmer last year. Well, my that's ADP. A, that's a lot of guys, man. <laughs> my ADP is currently 265. So, Renato Nunez, uh, someone yesterday in the Facebook group, I'm sorry, I apologize, didn't write down your name. They asked us to deep dive Renato Nunez, so I, I figured we'd give him a little bit of a chance to shine here on the pod. Um, he does exactly what you want someone in Camden Yards to do. I mean, 46% fly ball rate, exit velocity isn't terrible, it's not great, 67th percentile. Uh, definitely better against lefties, but hit 18 of his 31 homers against righties. Scott, Nobody really talking about Renato Nunez. The unfortunate news with uh, Trey Mancini likely to miss the entire season. Uh, I mean, the playing time for Renato Nunez, it's it's pretty safe. Yeah, it is. And for a guy who showed good power, I mean, over 30 home runs, that's good power even in today's environment. He has the kind of batted ball profile for it with extreme fly ball tendencies. He really doesn't strike out much. He He doesn't. Looking at his batting average versus his home runs, you would expect him to be somebody who strikes out more. Now, I don't think there's a lot of upside there with the batting average because you know the fly ball rate that makes him so good at hitting the home runs, it counteracts the the batting average. But I do think it, it maybe gives him a higher floor than uh, than most people are presuming. And like you're saying, that the Orioles, that lineup, it, it's it's not like there are going to be a lot of guys pushing him out. At some point, Ryan Mountcastle is going to get involved. Maybe with expanded rosters, it'll be at the start of the season. But he's they could find a few different places for him to play, or for Nunez to play, for that matter. Pretty much any corner spot, any of the four corner spots, would be an option for both of those, not to mention DH. Chris, any love for Renato Nunez? Uh... I mean, he's a cheap source of power, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, sorry, I want to I wanna apologize. I was looking at my phone. I'm trying to send out a tweet. If you guys want to retweet that uh, with the link to the group, that'd be great. I want people to join the chat. Um, Sean Nugent said that, said that you were texting the ladies. That's what you were doing. I, I'm happily married. So. <laughs> um, no, I, the pro, so the problem with Renato Nunez is the best-case scenario probably sees him as someone who's probably a slight negative in batting average, even in a best case scenario. And he hits 35 homers, maybe 38. And that definitely has value. I don't want to downplay that, but it's not, I don't know. He's not someone that I want to, that I make a point of targeting late in drafts just because by the time I'm in that range, I'm usually just targeting upside pitchers. 
Right. And look, he's he's like your prototypical corner infielder in a roto league late where you just you need to grab some power. You kind of you forgot about the power a little bit earlier on and you need to kind of shore that up. I mean, I just think that he's like a classic example of that. And he goes so late, 265 ADP. So uh, I wanted to shine some light on Renato Nunez. Who knew? One of Scott's favorite players. He only needed two clues. All right, Chris. <laughs> I didn't know he was one of my favorite players. Yeah, I didn't know either. <laughs> Got the biography memorized. Chris, let, let's let's get this to a rubber match. Let, let's get this five players deep. I chose five players for a reason so that you can have the epic comeback. So player number four, who's that baseball player? Let's go. I was a fourth round pick in 2015. I made my MLB debut on May 28th, 2017, and went on to hit 25 home runs. I finished second in the National League Rookie of the Year voting that season. I am one of just 15 players in all of Major League Baseball to play in 159 or more games last season in 2019. Oh, wait a second, wait a second. How, what round pick did you say? Fourth round pick in 2015. Oh, no, it wouldn't be him then. Never mind. <laughs> I was going to say Josh Bell, but no. Reese Hoskins. Not Reese Hoskins. <sighs> Through April last season, my OPS was 10-10. Wait, wait, wait. Trevor Story. No. Ah. No, this was 2016. From May 1st on, it was 7 one Ooh, okay, so great April, and then he was terrible. Yes. Chris! What what did he say? Sorry. Tied it up! Paul yeah. DeYoung! Ah. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Like, I keep looking on the Fangraphs leaderboards, and it, it automatically start, sorts by war. And he was like the 35th best player in baseball last year, according to war. And I'm, I, it's shocking to me because he wasn't good. Uh, but I guess he had an awesome defensive season. Yeah, he's a really good defender. That's Paul DeYoung. Tied it up. We're going to the rubber match here. But I did want to talk about Paul DeYoung just for a second. Um, I mentioned, you know, that hot start that he got off to. What was the biggest difference? And in that first month of the season, his batted ball data, 27% line drive rate, 29% ground ball rate. From May 1st on, his line drive rate dropped to just 15%. So, I mean, you nearly cut that in half. And his ground ball rate went up to 40%. Uh, and before last season, his line drive rate was consistently over 23%. So I think if he can get that line drive rate back up, I mean, you're looking at a guy that can hit 250, 260, 30 home runs. He's slated to back cleanup. He was having a monster spring before things got shut down. Scott, are we forgetting about Paul DeYoung? I feel like we haven't talked about him at all. Yeah, I'm reluctant to to make a heavy investment in Paul DeYoung to play the optimist on Paul DeYoung in part just because like it's it's unnecessary at shortstop. There are so many good things available, and by the time I get to a point where I can even think about Paul DeYoung, either the draft's already over or I just have you know I've I've already filled my shortstop position twice over. So why would I why would I grab a third one there? But I I do see a scenario where things go really right for Paul DeYoung. To me, the kind of what you laid out there with the batted ball profile from month to month, it strikes me as a guy who got. Uh, got kind of Homer happy and, and got away from his strengths because of that, you know, that getting off to the ridiculous start he did. 
Um, I'm not exactly sure where the upside is for Paul DeYoung, but I do think his best season is yet to come. And it's, it's, it's possible whoever does invest in him late is, is going to get, get really good value out of it. It's possible he'll be replacing Paul DeYoung before the end of, of the first month too, though. So it's, you know, it, it, for him versus Dansby Swanson. Cause I think they, they tend to get drafted around the same point. I, I feel like, Swanson has both the higher floor and higher ceiling, but yeah. I could be wrong about that. No, so it sounds I, I, like you're you're kind of out on Paul Dion, Chris. Yeah, like like Scott said, I just don't see much of a reason to go after him. Uh, I don't know if the upside is much better than like a low end starting shortstop or uh, you know decent middle infielder. And like Scott said, also I totally agree. I'd rather have. Uh, the, the Braves guy whose name I'm blanking on, even though I just... Dansby Swanson. Dansby Swanson. How can I forget Dansby Swanson? He sounds like a, I don't like know. a butler. I don't know Dansby. Is, he's the only Dansby I know of, personally. Uh, Yeah, Dansby. You're not going to find a lot of those. Not in baseball. Not anywhere, really. So apologies to uh, any of our Dansby listening audience out there. Sorry. I just don't know any Dansbys. All right. It all comes down to this. Two for Chris. Two for Scott. Who's that baseball player? Number five. This is it. I made my major league debut on August 2nd, 2007 at just 19 years old. A 19-year-old who made his debut. Come on, those are few and far between. 2007, that was so long I've ago. played for five teams. I'm a four-time All-Star and three-time Silver Slugger Award winner. All right, probably wrong, but Nelson Cruz... It is not Nelson Cruz. Okay. I had a 30 homer, 20 steal season back in 2011 when I was 23 years old. Man. All right, this one might give it away, so be ready. I was the first overall pick in the 2005 draft. Justin Upton. That is correct. Yeah! Yeah, He was 19 when he made his debut, yep. I don't know why. The I remember him earlier. <laughs> the, <laughs> only, the only time I've ever gotten a reaction uh, while heckling a baseball player was uh, Justin Upton. It must have been 2000. I guess it was 2007. It was his rookie season because uh, I was still living in South Florida at the time. And we went to a game. We're sitting out in the fish tank out in Joe Player Stadium. And uh, we just we started going in on Justin Upton all throughout the first inning first ball that gets hit to him it would have been the third out of the the first inning he just completely misplays it (laughs) and uh starts yelling at us after the the Uh, play is over and uh that was one where we were just like well we'll sit somewhere else now (laughs) we made just proud of yourself yeah you're proud of yourself heckling the player i actually have a similar story with vladimir guerrero Oh, how could you heckle Vladimir Guerrero? <laughs> oh, well, I, I, that's Scott, how dare I you? Even, I don't even want to say that because, like, Justin Upton seems like a fine guy. There was no reason to heckle him. We were just jerks. Yeah, well, us too. And I was sitting. We were sitting behind the right field fence at Turner Field. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero played for the Expos at the time. He was their best player. It seemed like, it seemed apropos to heckle him. And you know our, our heckles were pretty sophisticated. We weren't we weren't vulgar or anything like that. But you know he he turned around and acknowledged us a couple times as it was going on. And then a ball got hit to to right field. He just completely misplayed. It just rolled under his glove, and he had to chase it to the wall. 
And uh, as he was walking back to his position, you know, obviously we were we were going nuts. He was walking back to his position. He just looked back up at us and shook his head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. How dare you? How dare yeah. you? Vlad, probably my favorite player of all time. And, and here you go. I had the jersey. Justin Upton. What is this? 2011 All-Star Game jersey. It's so random that I have this. But Justin Upton, fun fact, one of my favorite players. Not really a fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> just a fact. It's not that fun. <laughs> Justin Upton, though, uh, look, ADP 191, outfielder 54 off the board. Uh, he's 32 years old. According, according to GM Billy Epler, he's in the best shape of his life. The final clue that I had for you guys was that his average season from 2016 to 2018 was 32 home runs, 87 runs scored, 94 RBI, and 10 steals with a 258 batting average. Last year, derailed by knee injuries, if he's healthy... I think there's a chance for Justin Upton. Yeah, I was looking at this, uh, I think it was just yesterday. I, it wasn't just a knee issue. There was the turf toe at yeah, the beginning of toe. the season, which is... The turf toe was the, the more significant one. He missed like the first month and a half or two months of the season in, in starting in spring training. But did the, did the knee require surgical intervention? I want to say it did. Could be wrong about that. But yeah, I mean, it, he was banged up all year and I, I don't know for whatever reason that makes me a little more hopeful that he's going to get back to being the Justin Upton we've known for so long it's obviously a star-studded lineup that he's in there so there's a lot of yeah <laughs> it wouldn't this? be it wouldn't be a, a fantasy baseball uh, today podcast even at night even yep. a, a live recording this Scott getting a text message. This is actually a text from Frank Stample from 47 minutes ago that I just got. So that would probably would have been some crucial information <laughs> for us starting on time. But I just now got it. So thanks for that. Uh, I can't blame you, Frank. I'll blame. Uh, I'll blame something else. I'm not sure. I, li probably I live in a Wi basement, so it, it might be my uh, my service down here. <laughs> yeah. Well, my service could be better too. But anyway, Justin Upton. Like if you're going, if you're going, if you're, if you're looking for late power, Renato Nunez versus Justin Upton. I think you go for Justin Upton because I think I'm confident enough. Even even saying Nunez, I think his downside is being overstated. I'm confident enough that Justin Upton. I'm maybe confident isn't the right word. I'm hopeful enough that Justin Upton will get back to being who he was at 32 as consistent as he's always been um, from year to year, not so much within a season, but from year to year, that I'd rather take the chance on that, especially in that lineup. I mean, he could be 90-plus runs in RBI. It's well, a great lineup. Or obviously, he won't be because the season will be shorter, <laughs> but that kind of pace. I had it to catch would, myself a few times with that. It, uh, I think it's going to be like five-ninths of a good lineup at least. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe two-thirds. I mean, yeah, sure, Lestella could be good. That would add to it. But just, just thinking in terms of Trout, Rendon, Otani. Yeah, and Upton. he'll be right in the middle of that. He'll, you know, right. he'll, either, he'll probably bat fifth in that lineup. So yeah. lots of RBI opportunities. A little bit older now. One of my favorites. Not really a fun fact. But Justin Upton, just kind of keep him in your back pocket. Contributes close to double-digit steals. I don't know how much you can actually expect anymore. He's had some yeah. knee issues. Uh, but Scott... You are the winner, man. Congrats. Our first ever edition of Who's That Baseball Player. I wish I had my soundbite 
to kind of drop it in here. But, you know, maybe we'll play this game again on the podcast at some point. But congrats, Scott. You are the winner. Chris Towers, no more beer for you. I only had one. All right. <laughs> I just want to like I just want to point out I had one beer with dinner. I had a little bit extra that I finished. Now I've got a glass of water as well. Uh, and, you know, because I, I, you, can't, you can't have steak with just water. Oh, no, you like can that, drink as much beer as you want. I mean, I was just taking it away from you because you lost. I, like, I was oh, taking away okay. your beer privileges because okay. you lost. I thought I was being, yeah, I, okay. <laughs> I thought I was being called out. That's fine. All right, let's add, answer some of the questions in our Facebook group page where you guys are watching us live. Thanks again for tuning in. Uh, who is your guys' favorite post-200 player? I guess ADP. Mark Hanna probably is not. Is he past 200? Uh, he hasn't been the last few times I've checked. That's the easy answer for me. I am stunned he is still going that late. Yeah, he's 209 according to Fantasy Pros. Yeah, I've I've been, I guess I've single-handedly been trying to elevate him, and, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's kind of a, a condemnation of whatever voice I think I have within the industry as a whole. But I'm, I'm sure people are bored of hearing Mark Canna from me. I'm sure they're bored of hearing Gio Urshela from me. <laughs> so Both outside the top 200. So one I am going to name that I don't talk about as often is uh, Avisal Garcia. In part, it doesn't matter whether he's in Milwaukee or at the Cactus League venue that the Brewers play in. It's going to be a great venue for him at a time in his career where I think he's best equipped to take advantage of it elevated that fly ball rate enough that he's starting to see some power production. And I think in a smallish park like that, just park overlays sort of back it up. Uh, he could be, he could be a, a surprising contributor in home runs while delivering his usual above average, maybe even high batting average depending on how high the home run pace ends up being so i think uh i think the brewers could make a star out of him as they've done out of a lot of hitters in recent years chris do you have a deep sleeper in obp leagues oh man i was so i was preparing to answer the previous question i was gonna <laughs> say will myers will myers uh, pretty yes. good that yes. would but not a great obp league option so uh We'll not go with him. Um, yeah, just going down the list and looking at some guys. Uh, Brett Gardner, not a bad OBP guy late. You know, I think there are going to be concerns about how much he'll play, but I think he'll play about as much as he did last season, and I think he'll be a, a pretty valuable option. Uh, you kind of put me on the spot here because I don't play exclusively OBP leagues, so it's not something that's totally on the tip of my tongue and that's why i'm just can matt carpenter 332 <laughs> great obp league sleeper there you he go is. that's the one i'm going to go with there's a chance that matt carpenter bounces back and if he does even if he doesn't bounce back to all the way to where he used to be he's going to be useful he's going to be above average and on base percentage if he bounces back even a little bit i'll give you three obp sleepers andrew mccutcheon cesar hernandez and Trent Grisham. Trent Grisham mm. had a great walk rate in the minor leagues as well. So those are three uh, that I yes. think make a lot of sense as well. You uh, can tell who prepared for this segment ahead of time and who didn't <laughs> with those answers. Yes. Honestly, I'm just going through the chat and then I'm like scrolling through ADP and seeing who sticks out in my mind. Danny Jansen. There you go. If you need a catcher in OBP leagues. Well, uh, hey, we could say one. Joey Votto, right? Joey Votto. Sure. 
if you think there's anything left in the tank. If he's going to make the Hall of Fame like Chris and I think he is, he's, he's going to need whoa, to bounce whoa. back. I, I don't think he is. Wow. Did you I have him too? Scott, Did you have him, Scott? Scott, yes. why do you hate Joey Votto? <laughs> Nobody uh, ever pays attention to what I do. I, I pay attention to both of your guys' tweets, all right? Sometimes a little too close attention to Chris's tweets. I feel like uh, you guys never see my tweets. Never. <laughs> I see your tweets occasionally. Um, <laughs> Justin Smoke. That's another one. Uh, one of my favorite players who will be ben- who will benefit if the ML- if MLB institutes a universal DH, which at this point seems like if we play baseball in 2020, it's going to have a universal DH. Yeah. Uh, Eric Osmer, not Eric Osmer, Justin Smoke is who I meant to what say. What about Mark Canna? <laughs> I- I'll be seriously. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, he just fits every category. You said <laughs> since he became an everyday player last year, he was a lot like Chris Bryant, right? So we like. Yeah, well, I mean, his season long OBP was 396. So I, I feel good. like we have to mention him. Uh, Shinsu Chu's always been a yeah, great on base guy. Uh, but Justin yeah. Smoke, just a great park, whether it's Cactus League or Miller Park, it's going to be a great park for him to play in. Uh, he was one of the biggest ex-WOBA underperformers last season. He hit the ball incredibly hard, walks a ton. Uh, I think, I don't think Justin Smoke is a one-year wonder, especially if he gets every day or close to every day at bats playing in the Brewers lineup. To quote Mortal Kombat, where there's smoke, there's fire. This next question is from Jesse Burrell. You guys ever play baseball? And if so, what position and how good were you guys? Uh, I didn't play a lot of organized baseball when I did. I was a catcher, uh, but I was more of a, I, I, I played hockey actually. That was the, that was the sport I focused on as a kid. I played uh, hockey for about eight years. I didn't play. I didn't play baseball of any, like the closest I came to playing organized baseball was intramural softball in, uh, in college and, I played co-ed. I played first base, and in fact, I okay. That's a I tough, look. That's a tough position to play. I I abandoned my old team to start my own, specifically so that I could play first base because I thought every other position I was bad at, and first base I was actually good at, and it's a position where it's important to have a good player. So yeah. <laughs> It's uh yeah I was I I enjoyed that but that that's the closest I game and um it's yeah it's 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 a knock on my my street cred I guess <laughs> uh I played all growing up I played I took some time off and then I came back and played in like junior year of high school I was a center fielder I might have mentioned this before I was like a good defensive player, not a good hitter. I think I got hit by a pitch when I was like a kid. And ever since then, like I, I just was scared of the ball after that. So wasn't really a great hitter, but I guess like a Jackie Bradley type center fielder for what it's worth. But you know, that's great in, get in much high school uh, and batting, like let's say below 200. That's probably where I was at. So solid I, defender I still... couldn't hit. I still suspect you're probably the best athlete on this podcast now, Adam Azer included. That's just a hunch of mine. Yeah, I mean, one, Adam Azer included doesn't mean all that much. <laughs> uh, He's not even here to defend himself. Well, there, there's no defending it, you know. Um, yeah, I would guess 
you're probably the best athlete on the podcast. Yeah, that, that I mean, you're young. You don't have these old, you don't have these 30-year-old bones. Like Young-ish. Of us. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, you're, you're definitely the best athlete among us. Oh, well, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, we'll get back to your questions. Keep sending those in. There's a lot of questions here. I did want to talk about some prospects and, you know, who their MLB comps might be. You know, you guys might have talked about these prospects at some point, but I haven't really talked about these guys with you uh, all that much. So MLB comps for prospects is like a fun exercise to do. I find it fun. Some people are like, well, you can't do that. You know, half these guys are not going to make it to the big leagues and they're not going to turn out to be anything. But it's still yes. fun. We're so, all adults here. We know that, all right? We don't need to preface it with that. We don't need to say, well, I think maybe in the most, you know, the, the, the like 90th percentile outcome for him is going to be this star player. Like, we know. I feel like, all right? I feel like Scott is impersonating me. That's exactly what I thought, too. I was like, that sounds exactly feel, like Chris. I feel very attacked. I, I was not meaning to single out Chris. And I don't think Chris feels that way anyway. I think I think Chris is with me that like, you know, a best case outcome isn't necessarily an irresponsible one if you're if you're if you're talking to responsibly minded people. All right, so let's start with Carter Keyboom because he might be the only name on this list that is likely to have a starting job if when baseball starts up, former first round pick, um, you know, hit 303 with 16 home runs in AAA last season. Did get a chance in the majors. Small cup of tea, 39 at-bats. He hit just 128. Uh, here's another probably not-so-fun fact for you, but in an NFBC league last year, I spent over 30% of my fab budget on Carter Keyboom, and I thought I was never going to forgive him for that. Uh, but now I'm right back in, and I want all the Carter Keyboom. So, Chris Towers, what is your realistic comp for Carter Keyboom? And give me a best-case scenario comp as well. Uh, so this is one that I actually have done this exercise for when I, I, I did about 12 uh, prospect profiles earlier in April, and he was one of the guys I did get to. I plan on getting back to it once football stops being crazy, uh, which might be next week. So uh, I think a fair 2020 comp would be, uh, and this might sound underwhelming, but he actually had a better season than you think, Brian Anderson. Uh, you may you hope for a better batting average than the 261 average that Brian Anderson had, but 342 on base percentage, 468 slugging. Uh, the R runs in RBI obviously weren't great, and you think you would think batting in the Washington Nationals lineup, he could pace somewhere closer to like 175, 180 combined runs in RBI rather than the 123 that Anderson had. But that seems like a pretty good comp, and it's not a star. Uh, but like I said, that's the 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 medium scenario. If you want to really like think big, you know, something like what Chris Bryant has turned into isn't out of the question. You know, good but not great batting average, good but not great power. He's not going to be an elite power hitter, but you know, a thirty homer best case scenario isn't out of the question for him. Uh, maybe a better batting average than Chris Bryant. You know, maybe he could push two ninety. But that seems like a, a pretty good one to me. Yeah, I felt like Anthony Rendon might be like a best case scenario for Carter Keyboom. Man, I mean, maybe like the pre-second breakout version of yeah. Anthony Rendon. Like not like last he, year's Anthony version, Rendon, yeah, like two or three Anthony, years ago. The version of Anthony Rendon that was underrated for like the last six years before last year. 
Uh, that one makes sense. But last year, Anthony Rendon was. I the 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 best case comp I came up for with Kaboom uh, Kaboom was uh, Xander Bogarts. Actually, okay. I think the hit tool, like the hit for average tool, is a little better for Kaboom than it is or was for Chris Bryant. And maybe the power ceiling is a little less. And, you know, I'm thinking more like 25 homer version of Bogarts, more than 35 homer for uh, 35 homer version of Bogarts. But that's like that's like the most questionable part of Kiboom's skill set at this point is looks like he has a good hit tool. Looks like he has good on base skills. Where is the power going to end up? And that's always been difficult to predict. I, I feel like for prospects is is where the home runs top out. It's become especially difficult to predict in this environment. It, I, I have a really hard time putting upper limits on that for anybody. Uh, but that's kind of the best case I'm thinking for Kiboom. Someday maybe he'll be Xander Bogarts-like. What I have for the more likely outcome is Hunter Dozier, who uh, I understand doesn't play the same position, but I think I think that's... Where if you're if you're drafting Kiboom now at the place he's going, that's what you can reasonably hope for, and then you can just hope he blows away your those expectations with something you know more like an all star would deliver. Although I do like the Brian Anderson comp, Chris, just because I feel like Brian Anderson is an easy twenty homer, boring twenty homer corner infielder comp yeah. to make. I, I actually have him as my comp for a player later on this list. Yeah, so let's move on to Spencer Howard uh, of the Philadelphia Phillies. And he's maybe the other prospect, if there is one, that can potentially start the the season with the Phillies. I know that they didn't put, entirely rule that out. and It was something that they were talking about in spring. A 203 ERA, 0.83 whip, 94 strikeouts to just 16 walks over 71 innings pitched uh, last season in the minors. The problem is he dealt with like some dead arm. He had some uh, some injury issues last year. So I don't know how aggressive the Phillies are going to be. Uh, big fastball, big changeup, slider is developing. Scott, when it comes to Spencer Howard, what do you think? What are some comps you have for Spencer Howard? Comps for Spencer Howard, maybe like... Nelson Lamette. I don't know. This is the one I didn't get to in my pre. Control should be better than that. Okay. All right. Who you got, Chris? Well, I didn't. I like didn't a... have the chance to prep for this. I have. I have names ready for the other ones. This is the one I didn't have a name ready for. I will point out that his control is like a fifty grade, at least according to MLB.com. So, um, you know, you haven't really seen that reflected in the numbers because when you look at Spencer Howard's uh, minor league. Walks per nine, they're not really all that bad, but they don't really give him a lot of credit for his control. So, how about this? Uh, somewhere between the good version of Trevor Bauer and the every year version of Trevor Bauer, besides the one good year. A uh, lot of strikeouts, worse control than you might hope for. Um, and, you know, pitching in that park, it could be tough to keep the ERA, but, you know, you know, a. Uh, uh, it's it's re it's especially hard to do the uh, comp with pitchers, um, just because Part, partly because there's not like a mid level pitcher to compare him to right now. <laughs> it's right. It's it's like if you're if you aim much lower than Denelson Lamette, you get yeah. into like 
Miles Michaelis. Okay, that's clearly not him. Mitch Keller. Okay, am I saying he's going to have a seven ERA? Like Mitch Keller's the one who needs his own comps right now. I mean, like, I don't know. Maybe what you Darvish did last year. Probably not as many strikeouts. But the, yeah, the hard Lance thing Lynn. is like, it's really hard to do. Like, because the upside for basically every pitching prospect is, well, he's a top five starting pitcher because something happens that turns right. into it, which is right. can happen for anyone. You know, Luis Castillo was literally not a, a prospect anyone cared about. I don't even think he was a top 20 prospect when the Marlins traded him to the Reds in their, in their bad farm system. Um, so it's really tough. But yeah, I, I think like mid to high threes ERA... Uh, strikeout per inning or better is, is probably what you're you're hoping for for Spencer Howard with upside. Yeah, really big fastball. Still sorting out that secondary arsenal and how it gets sorted out is going to have a lot of say in what he ultimately becomes. But you know, two hundred three ERA, point eight three WHIP in the minors last year. Injury shortened though it was. There's a lot to be excited about and and like the Phillies, they were sounding like they wanted to give him the job already. Yeah. And usually. Clubs are kind of dancing around the idea, even if underneath, deep down, you're thinking that's what they want to do. They they usually don't put it in the in the sort of terms the Phillies were talking about, Howard. Well, Scott, if you were a GM or the manager of the Phillies and you had Zach Eflin and Vince Velasquez as your SP4 and your SP5, you'd, yeah. you'd probably want Spencer Howard in there as well. Right. And, I mean, <laughs> 71 innings last year, he should be able to go over 100. How far is 100 innings going to get a pitcher in a in a hundred game season pretty far all right scott you mentioned that you prepped for all the names that i had on this list we're not going to get to all of them oh Uh, come on so i will let you choose which one you want to talk about which one you you think your mlb comp might be most accurate for Mm. so uh which prospect would you like to talk about here scott um i i yeah maybe aj puck uh, Although I think I think Nick Madrigal is the most interesting one here. Let's see, I was I, and I, I wanted to talk about Ryan Mountcastle. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just give I, our comps without giving a bunch of commentary. Just I think be Ryan Mountcastle is right? kind of boring. All right, that's who uh, I. So, that's who my. That's who my Brian Anderson. Yeah. You know, reasonable comp was for Mountcastle, but the the best case comp I've been using for Mountcastle is Nick Castellanos. Which, you know, compared to some of the best case comps we've been giving, is pretty boring. But, you know, if he becomes <laughs> Nick Castellanos, he's obviously going to be a fantasy asset. Yeah, I mean, if he's a 280 hitter with 25 home runs in Camden yeah. Yards, you know, in the in the yeah. AL East, there's some good ballparks there. I mean, yeah, I mean you know, Nick Castellanos playing in Camden Yards would be fantastic a, heck of a player. We sure, <laughs> we sure think so, anyway. But, yeah, it's... Uh, I, I'm thinking in terms of, like, can't find a defensive home, not really good anywhere, mm-hmm. like Nick Castellanos. Mostly a line drive hitter like Nick Castellanos. Really bad walk rate like Nick Castellanos. I don't know. I think it, I think it works for Mountcastle. Chris, what are you thinking about Nick Madrigal? What kind of comps do you have for him? You said he was someone that you're excited to talk about. He might be, insofar as the phrase most unique uh, can mean anything, and you know, as an editor, things are either unique or they are not unique. You can't be the most unique. Uh, Nick Madrigal might be the most unique player in baseball. Uh, he struck out. He played 120 games last season and struck out 16 times, and that is not a typo uh, from my mouth. Uh, he also only had four home runs 
He stole 35 bases. He has played 163 games in his minor league career and has struck out 21 times with 43 strikeouts. So there's just, there's no modern era comp for him, but uh, go back a little ways and and you get into, uh, he probably doesn't have the stolen base potential of a Juan Pierre, but maybe the number two hitter on the 2003 Marlins, Luis Castillo. Uh, Walked a ton, good on base guy, had zero power. Had a bunch of like 30, I think he had a 23 RBI season in like 153 games or something like that. Uh, but good stolen base source, great batting average. Uh, that would be, I think, a, a pretty reasonable, I mean, it's kind of close-ish to a best case scenario. But uh, yeah, I, I like that one for Nick Madrigal. I was going to say a speedier Luis Arias. Yeah. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, D. Gordon, probably not going to be as fast as D. Gordon, but someone that can hit for a high batting average, 30 stolen base contributor. Uh, I think that that can make a lot of sense for uh, Nick Madrigal. Scott, real quick, did you have uh, something you wanted to add on, on A.J. Puck? So my reasonable comp was going to be Robbie Ray, which seems like kind of a yeah. high reasonable comp, but that's that's kind of the issue I was running into at starting pitcher where there's not much of a middle class to choose from. Uh, so, yeah, a guy with ton of strikeout potential but has some command issues to overcome. I think the best case would be something more like Blake Snell if he can curb those walks up to a certain point. Uh, I think you're talking about a potential Cy Young contender in A.J. Puck, but... Regardless, he should deliver a ton of strikeouts. It's just how how much can he keep from being his own worst enemy? Yeah, I mean, it's like Oliver Perez or Chris Sale, right? Like that's kind of that's <laughs> right. that's kind of the two poles. I mean, really, the two poles are like Daniel Cabrera and Chris Sale, but that's probably not nice. Yeah, there's uh, that's. That's quite a, a volatile outcome for, for A.J. Puck. Well, it's an incredibly volatile profile. Right, right. Uh, all right, so there you go. Those are some prospect comps that we have, uh, who they might be able to turn into. I want to do like a rapid-fire answer your questions here to end out the show. So, guys, try to keep it short and sweet. Scott, this one's for you. How long till Luciano is the best shortstop in baseball? I assume... They are referring to Marco Luciano, the shortstop prospect for the Giants. He is just 18 years old. Yeah, 18 years old, and he has a lot of shortstops to overcome at this point. That position has been revolutionized with studs everywhere. Um, Look, how long until he's in the majors? Three years? I could see maybe less if if he continues to crush it at every level. The Giants don't have much standing in his way. Uh, But I think... The comp I've made for him, actually, in a few places is Carlos Correa. And so, you know, that would put him in the conversation for best shortstop in baseball. But like I said, he'll have he'll have a lot of competition for that title. Chris, does Kyle Tucker play with a shortened season under Dusty Baker? I don't think the Dusty Baker thing really matters. Um, he'll play the the better player. I don't, I don't think he's more or less likely to not play a prospect than, uh, you know, AJ Hinch. Um, yeah. He was, he was the guy who was managing the nationals when Harper came up. Right. Or no, was that, was that, uh, no, that was, I'm sorry. That was, yeah, that else. wasn't, that wasn't him, but, yeah. um, but either way, like I, I just, I don't see much read. Like 
I know people like to make fun of uh, Dusty Baker and just say he's going to do the wrong thing, but I think it's like that organization didn't want to play him last year. AJ Hinch already didn't play him, so mm-hmm. uh, I, you know I think it's going to come down to if Kyle Tucker hits, he's going to play, and you know with maybe a condensed schedule, it probably increases his chances of playing because the the Astros actually do have a couple of old dudes uh, at first base and in the corner outfield spots that they can certainly use Kyle Tucker to spell. Scott, this question comes from Omar. Have you ever grown a beard? Have I ever grown a beard? No, I don't think it's physically possible for me to grow a beard. I get it. I get, I can get around the mustache area here. Kind of, kind of the whole like goatee area. I could get that, but it's just too, it comes in here along the cheeks, but it's just too sparse to really like form into a beard. It would, it would be way too scraggly and gross and, and nobody wants that, least of all my wife. By the way, Davey Johnson was Bryce Harper's manager when he first got called up his first two years, actually. And it wasn't until his fifth year that Dusty Baker came aboard. So, yeah. Yeah, I think I they love- went through Matt Williams in between, yep. right? Yeah, Matt Williams. I love that Chris and Scott are like the antith- antithesis in terms of facial hair. <laughs> They're like the opposite ends of the spectrum here. Uh, and then I'm kind of just like in between. So I, I don't have the... F- as full of a beard as Chris, I don't. I don't have nothing like Scott. So it's just like if you're looking from left to right or, or right to left, however you're watching us, uh, it's Scott no facial hair, me some facial hair, Chris the most facial hair. Uh, and speaking of Chris, this question's for you, Forrest Whitley and Brent Honeywell for, I assume this is Matt Boyd and Brendan Rogers, a twenty-team six by six, Forrest Whitley and Honeywell, Matt Boyd, Brendan Rogers. Man, that I would go with the Boyd Rogers side. Um, I really like Honeywell. I really hope he uh, figures it out because I'm always gonna root for a guy who throws a screwball. But it's it's been a really tough road for him, and it's been a really tough road for Forrest Whitley. All of a sudden, he does not look like a can't miss prospect, and you know that's I'm not sure I want to rather have Rogers straight up than Whitley. You know? Yeah, I, I think you know if. I mean, God, the, the Rockies need to play him. Well, they need to figure out their organization. <laughs> um, but yeah. if he gets the chance to play in Coors Field every day, he's going to win a batting title at some point. Yeah, I All see. right, I Scott. Like that, that took it a little far, I think. But uh, okay, I, I like the enthusiasm. It's Scott. late night, man. I had I had one beer. He had a beer, <laughs> so he's fired up. You you don't you never know what kind of takes you're gonna get from Chris post beer. Uh, Scott, more games started in the outfield. Dylan Carlson, Tyler O'Neill, Tommy Edmond. I think Edmond is the safe answer there. That seems like the position he's going to be able to play most often. However, I do think we will see all three to varying degrees, and I think it'll somewhat depend on performance who ends up getting the most. Uh, Edmund, you know, even if he doesn't end up playing a lot of the outfield, he'll he'll get some time at third base and second base, and I think he'll be okay in terms of playing time. His playing time will range from okay to every day. Uh, the other two, O'Neill and Carlson, it's mostly going to depend on how they perform. All right, last ones for you, Chris. Do we see Nate Pearson in 2020? Do we do we see baseball in 2020? How about that? Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and with baseball comes Nate Pearson. This is actually something we're going to have to get into 
uh, not at the 57th minute of a podcast someday, but it's much more likely we see big-time prospects start the season with their major league clubs this year. There's already been talk of, um, of expanded rosters. I saw a tweet from John Hammond that basically said there's no chance minor league baseball gets played this year. Yeah, I don't see how. I mean, you can have extended spring training, but I yeah. don't think the Blue Jays are going to view Nate Pearson throwing against uh, you know, the, the B squad from Dunedin Mm-hmm. as the same thing as actually competing in competitive games. I, I would think, given the need for expanded rosters, you're going to need more arms. Uh, given how weird everything's going to be in general, uh, if we have a 14-team playoff, which I also saw today, which I, I'm not quite sure how the math works on that, but that was the uh, that is part of the latest proposal as well. I mean, why, if you're the Blue Jays, you can be one of the 14 best teams in baseball right now. Let Nate Pearson go out there and throw 70 innings. I, I, I think it's a 100% chance we see Nate Pearson, unless he gets hurt, you know. Yeah, season. yeah, he's, Nate Pearson I could see. Because, I mean, he was, he was the, the prospect, pitching prospect or prospect overall, probably getting the most attention in spring training. And it was mostly just they got to figure out how to distribute his innings. But that's... Now that that's out the window, I, I just think I, I don't want to go overboard with the prospect thing because I think it, they're really going to have to know that a guy is ready because if they don't know, like how easy is it going to be to get a replacement for him if it's somebody they have to send down? So I kind of feel like they're going to use those extra roster spots more on journeyman types who they're more confident in what they're going to be able to deliver. Uh, it does sound like maybe maybe there could be some kind of like prospect camp that they could have going on at the, the, the spring training sites, you know, maybe not even divide it by different levels, class A, double AA, A, triple A, all of that. Maybe just here's, here's our organization's 30 best prospects. They're going to start playing games against other organizations, 30 best prospects, but that, that gets really like sticky with, uh, know financial considerations and all of that but it does seem like there will be a pool to call players up and send them down and the the prospects who they just don't have room for aren't just going to fall into atrophy or anything like that but i do think it's going to be more difficult and so they're not going to be as willing to gamble on uh on a player that they're still thinking probably needs some seasoning so like mckenzie gore I'm really not optimistic we see him right away. And if we don't see him right away, I'm not sure what that means about whether we see him at all. Fair enough. Guys, great time. Really enjoyed this. Facebook Live, we did our podcast there. Uh, Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening on demand. Uh, Guys, any guesses as to who's on the back of this uh, this Brewers player shirt, by the way? Uh, Brewers. Hmm. Justin Upton. Nope, he didn't play for them, even though he's one of your favorite players. I'm going to guess it's Jeff Jenkins. It's not Jeff Jenkins. Mm, Too (laughs) bad. Chris, you got anything? Travis Shaw. I've got a name. Not Travis Shaw. Played uh, on the same team. Yeah, played on the same team. Hmm. Uh, No, that's not who I was thinking of then. Who was that guy who got at bats? Like, he was like a super utility guy, and he had this one really good... He would have been a good one for the uh one hit wonders it's, i can't think clearly, of his name it's like it's ben clearly, gamble it's clearly no. a ben grieve jersey it's not ben it? grieve 
It is someone who is currently on your Miami Marlins, Chris. Jonathan wow. Villa. Jonathan oh, Villa. I thought it was Hazel. Okay, I thought it was going to be Hazel Sadler. <laughs> ah, that's true. Wow. It could have been either one. I want to know who that guy is I was thinking of now. Who's the, <laughs> right. the second baseman? Nah, Scott's going to figure that out. Chris is going to figure out the second baseman. Chris is going to drink another beer. I might drink a beer myself here. Thank you all for watching and listening On Demand. We appreciate it so much. We will talk to you again on Friday. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.